Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another week of Hero or Zero here on the Heroes for Hire podcast. My name is Sean Mean, and joining me as always is disgraced samurai Connor Lawler. The blade it is gone. <laughs> oh, oh! He put some character into that was one. That, I love it. Was that okay? <laughs> oh, that was good. You've seen Heath Ledger's A Knight's Tale. I mean, who hasn't? Who hasn't seen A Knight's Tale? It's one of the classics. It's one of the class. Oh, wait. No, I'm thinking of the Last Samurai with Tom Cruise you, and Billy Connolly. You were, and but Billy I'm going to let you. Re- I'm going to let you style it out because <laughs> A Knight's seen, Tale so- is fantastic. <laughs> There was a time in school where uh, the DVD player was wheeled in, and... Oh, you know it's a good day. One Friday, we watched A Knight's Tale, and then the very next Friday, we watched The Last Samurai. This was in history class, by the way. Oh, definitely. (laughs) Dead right. And so now those two are, like, mixed together in my brain. Our Um, history teacher once made us watch Forrest Gump, (laughs) and I think that's the laziest... (laughs) That's the most tenuous fucking link to history I've ah, ever heard. He's, uh, you know, they photoshop him into places. <laughs> Actually, we were talking in history class in school. This is in, like, first year, so I was, like, 13. And we were talking about medieval sieges and things like that. And so we watched uh, The Siege of Minas Tirith from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> Your teacher was a nerd. Sean, was by the way, nerd. have we introduced what Hero or Zero is? 
No, would you like to explain to the listeners what the show is all about? If this is your first episode, normally it does take us at least a minute and a half to get into what the actual show is. Um, So this is Hero Zero, where we choose one comic book character every single week. We talk their good points and their bad points. And we generally just give you a bit of a rundown of everything to do with that character. Now, I normally choose DC characters. Sean normally chooses Marvel characters. And Mm. it is Sean's week. So I'm interested to know what character he has picked from a litany of Marvel characters who are both good and bad at various degrees of quality. This is true, Connor. And look, you say you normally do DC, I normally do Marvel. In a way, I've kind of done both this week. Because, and I touched on this in Your Hero Zero last week, but I stumbled across the most amazing website that I have in a very long time. Uh, so it's the website of public domain superheroes. Oh no. So these are superheroes that literally anyone can use and t- take any elements they want from. And I, what I've done is I've gone through the site, I've picked a few of my favourites, and I picked them because you can kind of see where inspiration may have been drawn from various comic book companies. Are are we saying inspiration? Or are we saying, copy my homework but change it a little bit? There's one very egregious one, and I've saved it till the end. uh, Because, literally... Oh no, Catman! (laughs) Well, he already exists. No, so I'll explain more once we get to that character, because there's one... I'm going to tell you about him... And then there's one element that you're like, oh, okay, it's just a direct copy. Okay. So we're going to start off with just a bit of backstory. So Superman, Action Comics number one, that was 1938. Because that was so successful, a bunch of other characters from other publishers kind of sprang up. Uh, And then, of course, the war happened. Mm -hmm. And so at the end of that, a lot of those characters were like fell out of favor and a lot of the publishing companies went out of business. Because, so the, to be honest, most of them were just fighting Nazis. The a lot of it idea was. was. They just punch Hitler until next week when we punch Hitler again. And then when the war ends, it's kind of like, well, what do we do now? Exactly. And that's why, like, after the war, even Marvel experienced it, or Timely Comics, as it used to be. Like, war books just didn't sell anymore. Um, and so all of those characters just dropped away, went into the public domain. Anyone could use them. Um, and and a lot of people did. Um, so the first character I want to talk about is a character called Miss Fury. Now, Miss Fury was... You're going to love this. She was a wealthy socialite, Connor. <laughs> as all the best heroes are. <laughs> to be honest, they all were back then. <laughs> they were all wealthy socialites. Um, so she was on her way to a party when she discovered that another girl was wearing the exact same outfit as her oh, fuck. to a party. Oh, fuck. Jesus yeah. Christ. We've this, all been there. Uh, this is a plot now, twist I didn't see coming. I don't know if I was emotionally ready for that sentence, but now that it's happened, I can see where the emotional turmoil of the situation would lead her to become furious. Well, if a very good train of thought you've gone on there, Connor, but I'm about to immediately derail it with our next sentence, which is that her housemaid Francine suggested that, to prevent embarrassment, 
Marla could wear an African panther skin that her uncle had given to her in his will. <laughs> Fuck off, Francine. <laughs> that is that you know what Francine is? That's the friend that like wants to look better. So I was like, yeah. you know what you could wear? The fucking weird thing in your closet that you haven't opened up for weeks. You know the fucking weird ugly Do you know the skinned panther that your uncle yeah. gave you? Where that? You said to As me Francine is week. in like a full ball gown. <laughs> Pearls. Yeah. She's like, you know what you could use? Short shorts and maybe just a, a jersey. Maybe like a soccer jersey or something. Just wear that to the party. It'll be cool. <laughs> and sorry, I also said Marla Drake is Miss Fury. That's her. Oh. That's her real name. Um, so she was encouraged to wear this panther skin, but her friend Albino Joe advised against wearing the <laughs> ceremonial outfit, meant to be worn only by a witch doctor. Uh, however, the outfit <laughs> fit her twist. precisely. I mean, I did not expect Albino Joe to show up here. I, I must admit, I did not know he was going to pop up in this story. And then to come in with good advice as well. Fashionista that, advice. Fashionista advice and just general mystical advice, Albino yeah. Joe. Albino Joe, by the way, his whole deal is that he is an Indian man, uh, but he happens to be Albino. So everyone oh, right. has just called him Albino Joe from then on. He, he's a bit more of like a Doctor Strange, Gok Wan kind of combo. Um, <laughs> He's willing to tell you that dress is bad, but also it might raise the dead. So I would, you have to be careful. I would like to acknowledge that all of the listeners have just experienced the birth of a brand new sentence, which is a <laughs> Doctor Strange Gakwan cam- combo. Nobody's ever put those people together. <laughs> um, uh, so she puts on the outfit, Connor, the costume, if you will. Mm. However, Marla never made it to the party. Fuck. See, on on the way, she instead ends up helping to recapture an escaped murderer named Killer Dawson. Uh, I mean, there weren't too many suspects, to be honest. In, <laughs> he made it fairly case. obvious. Dick move by his parents, I will say. <laughs> Is it Burglar Joe or Killer Dawson? <laughs> I don't know. And he looks, looks down back at the body and then just looks out the window. Could have been either of them. It could have been either of could have been, could have been, could have been a, a team effort here. Um, <laughs> and after helping to catch the, mur- the escape murderer, she was bestowed the name Miss Fury. Uh, Miss Fury's vigilantism soon got the attention of Detective Carey, who sought to find her true identity, but later fell in love with Marla. Oh. So yeah. there, there's the old classic conflict of the vigilante and the police. Um, Can I ask what year this is? This is, I had it written down, but I'm after losing it there now. Let me just pull it up. It's like just after the war because it's set after the war. It was published in 1979. Because because, you know um, Batman's origin is Bruce Wayne socially goes out, is going to a party, but his friend James mm. Gordon or Jim Gordon brings him Mm. to a crime scene and then Batman brings it a a criminal. Okay. And what's your point? (laughs) sorry there's no gokwad involved (laughs) i do apologize where's where's jim gordon giving fashion advice to bruce wayne in this story i I meant albino jim gordon (laughs) 
It's a, it's a, it's a match. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Although actually, yeah, it is her housemaid who suggests putting on the suit and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He does have Alfred. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So in terms of powers and abilities, uh, she's a skilled athlete, acrobat, climber and fighter. And a smart detective and very wealthy. Um, she is identified as the first female superhero created and drawn by a female cartoonist. Oh, that's uh, cool. That is cool. Uh, that's a nice, like... And there's a lot of that. A lot of these public domain superheroes are the first of their kind. And um, There's another one I'll touch on later. I've done a few of these. Um, there's another one I'll touch on later. But it's nice to see that they're kind of breaking new ground. It's kind of weird that it took until 1979 for a female cartoonist to get a female superhero published. But such was the times that they were living in. Uh Times Christian we're groups. Times we're living in now. How <laughs> uh, much has changed? Go on. A lot of Christian groups the attacked the comic Sorry, go on. <laughs> but even so, American servicemen used to paint Miss Fury on the sides of their planes uh, during like the Vietnam War and stuff like that. Um, and she actually rarely donned the costume in the comic strips because. It was associated with black magic and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So a lot of it was just her solving solving mysteries as herself. Which I think is- that's probably the most interesting part of a hero. When you take away their outfit and they're just yes. a regular person. Ultimately just being really just a police officer. Um, and that's why we buy comics. I want to see a regular person, no outfit... <laughs> Just solving crimes the police mm-hmm. could also solve as well. But they can't because of the system that they're in. And uh, they don't have black magic on their side as well. So we have to factor that, that in. That does tend to help with things. Um, the next one I want to talk about, this is from 1943. And it's a character called Red Rube. Uh, so Reuben Reuben was a young orphan who ran away from the orphanage. You are going to know there's a lot of inspiration here in this character. And it's... Okay. Okay. Uh, Orphanage runs away. Okay. Yeah. After running away from the orphanage, he hid out in an old castle, but discovered that it was his his ancestor's home. Uh, You know what? The look of that is extraordinary. uh, His ancestors haunted the castle as ghosts... All of them sharing the name Reuben Reuben. So, the ghosts each gave him the powers that they possessed in life. They so, Christmas caroled them. They Christmas caroled this boy. Oh, shit. Mike they Ken. Muppets Christmas caroled him, yes. <laughs> they Muppets Christmas caroled him. <laughs> so the powers that they gave him, Connor, were strength, wisdom, speed, invulnerability and courage. All he needed to do was to use these powers was call out Hey Rube and he would transform into Red Rube, a fully grown adult superhero. Oh, so he's a boy before he calls it out? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. Um, Very similar to Superman, isn't it? Very similar to Superman, very similar to Captain Marvel in the DC world. I would say mostly it's the exact same as Captain Marvel. Um, Now... I'm not sure what year. When was Captain Marvel first published, Connor? Because I think if it's he was. No, 19... I, I think he was before even DC was created. Captain Marvel oh, he was, was in the old comics. That is true. That is true. 
Oh yeah, uh, 1939 apparently. Mm. So yeah, so just a copy then. <laughs> just a copy so of just Captain a, Marvel. Just a flat out. They're like, that's a cool idea. A child shouts a name and then becomes a grown adult with all the powers. Also, the ghost gave him exactly what Shazam has. Yes. In terms of like, the letters and the gods and all that shit. It's a very sleek way of doing it, Connor. I mm. think you'll agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, the next one is, going to be honest, Connor, it's a man with an eye patch. His name is Captain Battle. <laughs> You know what? You would follow somebody called Captain Battler and I patch. <laughs> you really would. And so, first line: John Battle, uh, a veteran of World War One. So it's not even a cool name. His name no, is just, just a regular name. <laughs> That's not cool. It's cool if he's John Smith, but he's Captain Battle. But not if he's John Battle. You can't just. That's just a regular title. He's Captain Battle. Yeah, well, wait till he meets Admiral Coward and we'll see how it goes. Uh, so he was a veteran of World War One. He saw that another war was coming and decided to stop it before it could happen. Mm, that's pretty impressive without 2020 vision as well. It it really is. I think he lost the war, the eye later on, but uh, so you could understandable. Yeah, <laughs> he could. Uh, he was wounded in the first war and didn't want to see that happen to anyone else he set up a laboratory on top of a mountain and began fighting against warmongers sorry, um, sorry. no go yeah. on There's, you'll have to take me back maybe one or two steps um, so, he sees he goes to war he has PTSD yeah. he sees yeah. bad shit happen yeah step two build mm. a mansion in the side of a mountain become a superhero Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Now, he's not alone. He's not alone, Connor, on the mountain. He also has his secretary, Jane Lorraine. Uh, He he has, like, a full-fledged business up there. He has a secretary and and a lobby and maybe waiting rooms. Oh, absolutely. He Mm. he partnered with his son, Captain Battle Jr. (laughs) (laughs) To be fair, if your name's Battle, and the son got to Captain C as well. Got to captain very, ranks. very, very rising up the ranks very quickly, I would very say. Very quickly. If the father's only a captain already and say he's 50, the son, yeah. maybe 25, already a captain. Very impressive in terms of ranking. So he had no superpowers, but he had advanced technology, including, and I, I'd be honest, I picked this character solely for this gadget that he has. Okay. He has the Curvoscope. Allowing him to see anywhere around the curvature of the earth. <laughs> Sorry. So wait, if he wants to see a street in Tokyo, he mm. can see it from the side of his mountain. Oh, he can. That's why he's up so high on the mountain. But, okay, follow-up question. Right. If he sees a crime that is, say, I don't know, in Spain, Barcelona... Somebody's being murdered. He uses the telescope. He sees it. Does he then have to go get a flight to Spain? He He doesn't need to get a flight, Connor. Captain Battle has a (laughs) jetpack. Still, with a jetpack, it would still take so long (laughs) to get from one place in America to another place. To, like, stop a mugging, like... <laughs> like, if he seen a mugging, I would say, pff, five miles down the road. 
I was also going to say five miles. Yeah, in, the, in the time it takes him to strap on the, the fucking jetpack, get the jetpack in the air, fly there, land, surely the crime has already been committed and everyone's at a loss. Yes, but when he does arrive, he has other such gadgets like the Dissolvo gun, uh, which hell. can disintegrate matter. Jesus Christ! <laughs> which I would argue is a better... It's a better invention than the curvoscope. <laughs> I'd be leading with that. I'd be leading with I can dissolve you rather than I can see a crime from halfway across the world. So he, yeah, and look, he came out in uh, 1941. He's basically like a Nick Fury type. Um, you know, the hardened battle veteran. Ha- happens to have a son with the exact same name of him, but Junior. Happens uh, to have a telescope that he can use to see any crimes anywhere in the world, which, to be honest, if we're going to get into it as a character basis, would lead to surely just more need for therapy and more PTSD, because you'd see such horrors but be unable to do anything about them. Well, this is it. This is it, Connor. This may have been the commentary that they were suggesting, or you may have brought this up and I don't know how to handle it properly. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and for for what it's worth, Nick Fury uh, came out in 1963, so 22 years after this. Dude, so you're telling you're telling me this is plagiarized. Nick Fury is plagiarized. Well, it was public from, domain. Public domain. Mm, They're perfectly within their rights to use. Got away this. with it. They were were got they selling the the filing cabinets at this stage, or they were still rich? I think this was the first round of filing cabinets. Actually, no. They they had money. They had money because Nick Fury and the uh, Sorry, Sergeant Fury and the Howling Commandos was made by Stan Lee as a bet um, because he was someone bet him that he couldn't make a book about war that would sell in the 1960s. Yeah. That's uh, fair enough. Yeah, I think they were loaded in the 60s because Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and all that stuff. Ex- yeah, I think like 70s, 80s, they started to... Yeah, they dipped in the 70s and then they did X-Men, I think is how it was. Big in the 80s and then they were selling filing cabinets in the 90s. Yeah, and then 2000s, they were, like, fine. And then 20, 2008, Iron Man came out. They decided to just have all the money. Yeah, and, and not give any to anyone else. <laughs> um, and so we're going to finish off with... It's two characters, but they showed up in the same book. Ooh, okay. um, this is a character by the name of Hellrider. Oh, very similar to somebody else. Oh, you see where we're going here. Ooh. Uh, Almost similar to Ghost Rider. (laughs) (laughs) So, after graduating from Harvard, Brick Reese is drafted. (laughs) These names are amazing. (laughs) They're so good. Child Brick, (laughs) kid from the middle, who knowingly like curses their child with the name Brick. Sorry to any Bricks out there. I don't take the odds of Bricks listening to this. If you're a brick, up houses. (laughs) Fuck's sake. So Brick is drafted and sent to fight in Vietnam. There he is wounded with a bullet to the base of the skull. Since the wound is inoperable, Brick grants his doctors permission to try an experimental drug named Q47 on him. The doctors say, we don't know what kind of side effects this might have. Then why do you have it? Why do they have it there? Who gave it to them? This is just very random. It's just in the laboratory. Well, they have enough of it to give him a whole month of injections on the daily. 
Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to side effects. We're going to give you three years worth. <laughs> We're going to keep doing this forever. <laughs> we don't want the side effects, though. We cannot stress enough how worried we are about the side effects. Now give me your fucking arm. This is your fifth injection today. So after a month of the daily injections, the bullet dissolves and Brick gains tremendous strength. Uh, however, the powers are intermittent. And as a result... He puts them from his mind. He just decides not to think about it. Just forgets um, about it. He just forgets about it. He returns home to the States. He joins a, a Los Angeles law firm. Um, and then one of his clients in the law firm is abducted. Her name is Julie Storm. Um, and he then decides to soup up his motorcycle, design a costume... And put his heightened muscles to work. Sorry, his occasionally heightened muscles to work as the Hell Rider. How occasionally? It's like, uh, see, it's it's very hard to say how occasionally because the Hell Rider comic ran for needs. two issues. Okay, but so, I would say it's probably more of a device for plot. That oh, I'm here to save you. Oh no, I've suddenly lost all my powers. Exactly, and so and look when that does happen, he has a black belt in karate to fall back on when his oh. muscles fail him. Um, his Harley Sportster motorcycle is equipped with a flamethrower under the headlights, <laughs> rocket boosters which can give him nearly vertical ascent, uh, napalm tanks, and a jet which throws out an oil slick from the front. <laughs> At the front. From the front. That'd be the worst place to put it. Why would you put it in front of you to shoot out now, the oil slick? I've nearly caught up with them. <laughs> Quick, put the oil in front of me. Ah, oh, but this friction, it's keeping me from catching the criminals. <laughs> They're like, he gets in front of them and he's like, now quick. I'll release my oil, and in three minutes after I skid over that fucking barrier, they'll be driving straight over it. And then it's <laughs> easy pickings for me. And so he also teamed up with a character named Butterfly on occasion. Um, again, showing up in the two issues of the Hellrider comic. Um, you know what? That's kind of a bold strategy to have two issues that already have a crossover. It's pretty good, right? Uh, mm. And Butterfly had a jetpack for flying and a costume laden with strobe lights. Uh, so she could blind and distract her enemies. Um, so her name is Marion Michaels. She's a Las Vegas cabaret singer by night and the crime-fighting butterfly by even but- later night. <laughs> <laughs> when they wrote that, they all high-fived and, and then walked out. They're like, we did this. We've nailed we've, it. We've um, got this sorted, folks. Can I just ask, real quickly, has anyone mm. ever associated a butterfly with bright lights? That's a very good point. Mm. Uh, they're generally known for being just beautiful and delicate creatures, not blind you if you look at them kind of things. I, I don't think anyone has ever associated butterflies and like, oh, that light is so blinding, or even, wow, that's a bright light. If there's before. one flying insect that is related to light, it's a moth, surely. Um, you would pick the moth. You'd pick the moth and just like, oh, I brought my own flame. You know, like, that's, that's what the moth would say. Um... So, and look, I'm going to finish off on a couple of bits of trivia. First of all, about Butterfly, she was the first black superheroine in comics. That's um, actually a very good, very good take. 
Very good thing. Um, and then the, the the next ones, they apply to both Butterfly and Hellrider because they're from the same comics. So the Hellrider comics were mature audience magazines. And so they did not have to abide by the Comics Code Authority back in the 70s, which stopped people like you couldn't show blood and like you couldn't show evil winning and all this kind of stuff. So they they were exempt from all of that. But, as I said, there were only ever two issues of Hellrider. A third was completed, but was never published. Um, And finally, the publishing firm Skywald did not include a proper copyright notice on its issues of Hellrider. Meaning, because of copyright law at the time, as soon as it was released, the characters became public domain. (laughs) They no. just stopped only. They definitely got told that after issue two. So it was like, hey yeah. guys, have have you read the copyright thing on the on the cover? It doesn't actually give you the ownership. What? Uh, what? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> They're like, guys, we're going to be home for Christmas. We've got three already lined up. Oh, we're going to be millionaires. This character's going to be ours and ours alone. Say so, what? <laughs> Say so, Oh. Interesting you say that, Connor, and I don't mean for this to like turn into, oh, this company did this, but Hellrider, the first two issues came out in 1971. Uh, Ghost Rider, the Marvel uh, motorbike-bound superhero, mm. came out in 1972. Interesting. Very Stan, interesting, I would say. Stan, we're going to have to have a chat, Stan, because what's <laughs> happened here... Is somebody has come to Stan and they've said, there's this weird character that had two issues, but it's free domain, so we could just copy it. And he went, yeah, do it. that. Bring Let's it in. print some money. And in, in keeping with all of our conversations about Ghost Rider, technically it's technically, fine. <laughs> technically it is fine that Ghost Rider has sex with his own sister and technically Adopted it sister. is fine that Marvel copied off Death Rider. But we can all agree it's a bad move. <laughs> it's shady. It's in the heavy mood of shadiness. <laughs> so that's my report on just a few uh, public domain superheroes that are out there. There's a bunch more. But those are just some I thought, like, you can actually clearly see all of the parallels in these. I would actually be intrigued now to look in that next week for, like, a DC version. I already have my DC Hero Zero lined up for next week. So maybe, like, the might go after that. I might have That's a, a good shout. I, I like these kind. Of, I like this kind of thing. I like looking back at, like, the history of comics and where characters came from and things like that. So Because those he- characters are the basis of most of the heroes that are famous now. Absolutely. Like, if you have to pull inspiration from somewhere, why not take the publicly available and you the publicly available superhero and you get the added benefit of, like, if you want, you can tie it into that history, you know? I th- I th- I'm pretty positive, like, that's most of comic books now, anyway. Like, they literally, there's a smaller comic book uh publisher that runs a character and dc or marvel probably in the 60s or 70s were like that's a cool character we'll buy it off you i'll yeah. give you three billion <laughs> and they're like oh, okay f- okay fine <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the teenage mutant ninja turtles the guys who made that are like loaded but they have the cool thing of like they just never sold it for like ages like they yeah. eventually sold it, i think in, like i think one of them sold it in the start of the 2001 
and the other one maybe 2010. But, like, for all those years when they were printing money, like, Marvel and DC kept coming to them and were like, work with us. Like, yeah. we, we, could, we could make money together. And they're like, well, we're making trillions by ourselves, so we're just going to keep doing whatever we're doing. Yeah, that's a real success story. Like, because they started out as a very violent, like, comic book series and then became, like, kids' TV show. And just made uh, Ninja Turtles that. fascinates me because those guys are like two of the richest people in the world in all comic books, and it, it should work. But it does. <laughs> the uh, oh, no, I, I'd like to hear if people enjoyed like this episode or even the concept of this episode. Do let us know, um, and we we can look into doing more if needs be. Um, but do 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 you wanna do you wanna Connor do, do you wanna take us out? No. Okay. No, fair enough. Right. Imagine what if just I just ended it there? The just a hard cut. Just, just a hard cut. Just, Should, we? Should we? do it? <laughs> um, if you like what you heard here, we have lots of other Hero Zeros that you can go check out. Oh, lots of DC and Marvel characters that we've covered. Um, if you could give us a like on, and a review on whatever platform you're listening to this on, it would really help us out. Um, I don't know why. It's above my pay grade, but apparently it helps. Um, the more yeah, yeah, it's... The someone, yeah, someone once told us that the more likes you get, the better a person you are. Uh, no, so. that's not true. Apparently, the not? more likes you get, or like the better review you have, the more likely it is Spotify will be like, "Hey, you like comic books? Maybe you like this, that kind of stuff." Um, yeah, so yeah, algorithms yeah, and all that stuff. If, if you could give us a like, that'd be fantastic. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. It's at Heroes for Hire Pod, the fourth number four. Facebook is Heroes for Hire Podcast. Instagram is Heroes for Hire Podcast. We also have a Patreon. Over there, we have loads of extra episodes. Um, we've got all these movie reviews. Uh, we've reviewed most of the Disney Plus series that happened last year. So if you want to head on over there, um, you can become a patron today and you get access to all that extra content. All, it's, all, it's all the good stuff, the VIP stuff. The VIP um, stuff, the Batman Returns stuff, the Batman Spider-Man Returns. 3 stuff. <laughs> Mostly Spider-Man 3 stuff. <laughs> um, and you could also, we also have a Facebook group, Detective Devil's Discussion Group. You could add, join that and get amongst all the chats. But most importantly, you can just tell one human being that we exist. Just the one, please. So I have been Connor Lawler. I have been Sean Neal. And we shall see you all next week, please. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.